When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome into the PHX Sun Show. I'm your host, Aspo. He's Saul Bookman, Gerald Borgay in here as well. And guess I can't what? believe this is my life. Let's go <laughs> to the new solar order as the Phoenix Suns have acquired Bradley Beal on Father's Day. And that means the Phoenix Suns Let's are in NBA. Who's your daddy? That's right. A new big three here in the Valley, gentlemen. And guess what? It only costs you Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, and some pick swapping. And this sounds like it's about the best deal that you could have gotten. Uh, I joked that they were shopping Walmart and not Nordstrom, but they were on their way to Walmart. And all of a sudden, Nordstrom said, we'll take all your used stuff that you don't want, and we'll give you something high quality. Hey, don't sleep, on, don't sleep on Nordstrom Rack now. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Because that's exactly what the Suns just shopped at. They just got Bradley Beal for an expiring Chris Paul contract, Landry Shamit, and a bunch of second-round picks. Fleeced. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Yeah, we, we underestimated the power of that no-trade clause that Bradley Beal held. The reports are suggesting that Phoenix was the only place that Beal wanted to come play. He wanted to compete for a championship with Book and Kevin Durant. And we've been saying it. Stars want to play with Devin Booker. We underestimated just how much. Um, and he totally strong-armed an entire organization into coming here. So I, I stand corrected. We all stand corrected from when we were proofing it <laughs> on Wednesday. I don't give a shit. Like, it's cool. It's fun. I uh, There are going to be some real obstacles now moving forward to building out the rest of your roster. And we'll talk about that. But in terms of having a big three, which is rare in this current NBA with the punishments that they're doling out for teams that try to build that way. The Suns have one. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out moving forward now. Look, build a bronze statue of Matt Ishbia outside the footprint center to match what his balls are made of, because he's got some big ones to say, you know what? We're going all in and and we don't care what it's going to cost. We will do what it takes to win. We went from having freaking Scrooge McDuck owning this team to Oprah owning this team going, you get a star and you get a star and you get a star. All right. We're allowed to be a little excited because this is so far from the 10 years that we went through before. I owe it so far from the 18 years that we dealt with a, an owner that was trading guys that were valuable for, for, you know, and a first round pick just to get rid of them. 
this is a big deal in Phoenix. And you can try to rain on the parade in the chat. That's your prerogative, but you ain't going to stop us from enjoying this moment. Gerald, you wrote an article yesterday kind of looking at all this. How surprised are you at what actually went down? Um, I mean, I'm still fairly surprised. I am curious what the key because oh, no. interested. Uh, uh, looks like we have we, we have bad Gerald Wi-Fi right now. That's okay. <laughs> well, uh, so how surprised are you? We'll move to that. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm shocked. We talked about this on Monday about just really the cap ramifications it would, there would be for a guy like Bradley Bill to jump aboard. Plus, I, I'm not going to lie. There is a, a little bit of uh, anxiety uh, when you look at that contract, how much is left and, and for the duration. But for the next four years, at a minimum, you're going to have Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. And then you have KD for another three, which is phenomenal. Uh, if I had told you before the season or actually before February that not only would Matt Ishbia come in and change kind of the culture and the franchise, whatever, but that you would get Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal on the Suns for basically Chris Paul and Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. I think every Suns fan would have signed up for that if money aside. Uh, and the Suns have set themselves up for, listen, I know I know, cap-wise there's some, there's some Olympics that are going to have to ha happen or gymnastics that are going to have to happen, but um, there's still DA. There's still some flexibility in terms of trying to get some other valuable pieces that will create a little bit more depth than what you have now. But you've got to be happy with the the aggressiveness that Matt Ishbia and company are, are really driving with. Look, uh, you know, I know some people are – I don't understand. They're upset with this deal. To me, if it had been DA, I may have said maybe we should have thought twice. But you essentially traded a guy you were prepared to waive – before the 28th of this month and a contract that you felt was too much. I mean, Landry Shamit was overpaid for what he was producing. You trade that and second round picks, which weren't going to amount to much anyways. And we don't know how many, uh, and we don't know how many pick swaps or whatever, but when you look at it, you traded CP three and Landry Shamit and you land a guy that's in, what, the top 20 NBA players? So now you have three of the top 20 guys in the NBA. And I get it. People are like, oh, well, this isn't the big three era anymore. Look how the how the Nuggets did it. Well, yeah, but there, were, I, there wasn't going to be a path where you were going to create a team that looked like the Nuggets. This is a path to create a team with some of the top-tier talent, and you still have the trade chip in D.A., if you so choose to go that route, that's why I like this so much is you didn't trade DA and then you were going to have to cut CP three, right? Uh, you traded two assets that you were happy to get off of. Right. Yeah. And you still have the opportunity. If you want to go chase depth rather than having a big four, you can trade Deandre Ayton and still get that depth while filling in this team with, as you know, I had talked about, shopping at uh, Biombo, Boban, and beyond. You still can do that to fill out the rest of the roster. I don't understand why anybody's looking at this and going, well, this is a bad deal. Yeah, it's a bad deal for Washington because they got strong-armed into it. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, for everybody that's 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 kind of bitching about this, let's just say that for what it is, um, 
yeah, I get it. You you want depth. You want to build this roster because you just saw a team win the championship, and that's the last thing you remember. That's the last thing that, that you saw, and you, you feel like that we should we should position ourselves in that vein as well. Well, I'm here to tell you that why not have both? Why not have both? And I think right now, because you have a valuable trade asset in DA, and I'm telling you folks, I, I know people doubt DA and people doubt his value. There is value out there. There are trades that have been offered so far, and we'll get into those on, on, on Trade Machine Tuesday and such, that I know for a fact um, could, could provide the depth that you need uh, to a certain extent you know, to, to give this team what it needs depth-wise. Like, it's okay to have both. And I think we just haven't seen that very much with this franchise, and that's what scares everybody. It's like, wait, it, it, how, how we just sacrificed this, this, this all-time great point guard and we're going to get this guy that's going to cost us a lot of money. We should have, you know, spread that out. Well, only if deals are there to be made. And right now, I don't know how many deals were offered for Chris Paul. That's the one thing I don't know about. And they t- they saw a superstar in Bradley Beal, and they were like, yes, let's do it. We know this is, this is a hit. You were not getting an all-star for Chris Paul in any other way than this happened. And the only reason you wind up with it is because Bradley Beal has the no-trade clause, and he wants to come play with Devin Booker, and he wants to come play with uh, with Kevin Durant. And, you know that's a big deal here. I, I get it. Like you look at it and you go around the league, but this is now three of the best talented, most talented players on the same roster. Uh, let's go into some of the the super chats. I want to thank everybody here. Frank says, uh, "Happy Father's Day gift for y'all," or "This is my Father's <laughs> Day gift for y'all." Thank you thank for you, that. Uh, then you got Victor uh, here, or Libertarian Sasquatch, turning CP3 and Shamit into a top twenty player. Crazy, yes, it is. Uh, and then we're looking at uh, Victor Rene Gonzalez. Love that DA is staying. Gamble confirmed. Let's be clear here. Gamble confirmed DA's not in this trade. Does not mean he's staying long-term. Uh, we're not sure about that. And then this is the big one. Our friend Holy Brooks Walker with the $50 Super Chat says, at Espo, requesting a humble but powerful, and I'll just do it, Matt Ishbia is the best owner in the NBA. Suck it, everyone. I'll give you uh, that. Not, not only that, but also, like, so I'm out here in San Diego, but we have Arizona peeps with me right now. They've been watching our show, and they're like, holy <laughs> shit, they're right outside. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, that's that's Donald from Valley Taproom, by the way. They're all excited about the Suns, excited about Bradley Beal coming here. Uh, thank you all for those super chats. That's awesome. Listen, uh, Espo and I, I mean, fuck, this is like routine for us. Like, this is what we live for. So, uh, <laughs> dude, this is a great day. This is a great day. And I know we shit on it on Monday, but you know what? I'm fickle like that. I'll, I'll, I'll change my stripes. I don't give a shit. I yeah, think this we, is great. We crapped on it because we thought it was going to be DA. And you weren't going to have another move to make after that. When it's not DA, you have you now have another move to make. And people saying, well, you can't have three max guys on the same team. Guess what? You were going to have three max guys if you kept DA. Now you yeah. just turn, now you have three max guys that are better and the opportunity to trade the fourth guy to get you the depth you need. I'm, I'm going to keep harping on that. That's the biggest thing that came out of this is that flexibility. Yeah, a million percent. Again, I would look at a team like Orlando for possible depth. Uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, in, in in regards to DA, I'm telling you, folks, 
we have seen the Lakers do this for decades. And I know the rules are a little bit different right now because of the second apron and blah, 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 blah. But teams have always been able to manage themselves around these sorts of situations. The Lakers have done it for decades. The Warriors just did it for the last decade. I mean, hell, the, the Warriors paid Kelly Oubre something in what equates to $84 million after the luxury tax uh, for, for basically nothing. Like, why not us? Why not us? Like, we, we have the opportunity to do it right now. So let's do it. We have the opportunity. So just embrace it. And listen, this is – you now have three of the best players, you know, top 20, as you said, Espo, and definitely two of the top 10 in the NBA. You have somebody that no matter what happens with Devin Booker and, and KD can hit the open shot, can create his own shot, can get you a bucket. Guess what? During the regular season when things, you know, start to get a little – you know, you, you start to walk through the sludge of the regular season and, you know, things get a little bit, you know, monotonous. Give a star a rest. You still got two on the floor. Like, this is – you just traded a 38-year-old Chris Paul for a soon-to-be 30-year-old Bradley Beal. That's a tremendous upgrade. And I know Chris Paul is one of the legends. I'm not discrediting that at all, and I truly hope – he finds a ring at some other point in his career. But for right now, for a Suns, as a Suns fan, as somebody that has been watching this franchise for decades, this is a good move for the franchise. It might hamstring them down the road. That's true. But in these next one or two years, you win a title, it was worth it. Let's be honest. This team was all in for the next two years anyways, the second that they told Brooklyn, we'll make this deal. So yeah. why not double down on that and do everything you can to win a championship? Everyone wants to talk about heat culture, heat mindset. The Miami Heat under Pat Riley would always go for it. They never worried about four years from down the road. They said, what's a, what's a chance to win now? You go get guys. You do things to, to make it happen, right? I'm all for Matt Ishbia's mindset here. He doesn't care what he's going to have to pay down the road or what he's going to have to do three or four years from now. The point is win now, win next year, uh, win over the next two years, and none of this matters. No Suns fan is going to be like, I can't believe they mortgaged the future for two championships or for one <laughs> championship. Like nobody cares. We've never seen this in Phoenix, and I'm fine with it. Do something to get better. Last summer, we were pounding the table that they made no moves, right? Well, since February, they've now made the two biggest moves in the NBA, right? We saw a new owner come in. They get Katie the next day. Now they're going in on Bradley Beal, and they're not done yet. That's the thing. They're not done yet. So to me, you can sit there and you can give in to the, oh, my gosh, the Suns can never get anything right, blah, 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 uh, you know, and give into that mindset, which we all have at some point. I'm guilty of it. Or yeah. you can accept it doesn't always turn out like that. And if you're going to win, you got to do something different. And this is different. You now have three stars, three Top guys. You've never seen that in Phoenix. I know somebody will say, oh, Nash, Amari, you know, and Marion. Not like this. You know, no. Barkley, KJ, Marley. Not like this. This is something truly special. Uh, and, and that's the chance you take. If you don't win, you can have, you know, hindsight's 50, you know, 20, 20, and you can say, oh, it didn't work. Okay, 
fine, but I'd much rather take this ride than sit there and hope that you were going to uh, do something else, you know? Yo, you, listen, uh, maybe I'm creating a phrase right now, but you got to embrace this son's life. Son's life, baby. That That's what this is. This is a new... This is a new era. This is a new way of, of really thinking about how your organization operates. And for so long, we've been kind of trained to feel like destiny was always against us. You know what I mean? But this is a new age. And so it's, it's about son's life. That This is what we're creating. We're creating a new way to look at this. It's something we, I said on, uh, I think you put it in Discord, like, would you sacrifice, you know, uh, five years of losing for a championship now? And I said, you know what? I would I'd much rather start to embrace a championship culture than than one that's destined to fail all the time. You know what I mean? And I feel like we've lived that life for quite a while and I'm I'm tired of it. I want a championship. I want multiple championships. I think for Suns fans, it's time to get greedy. Let's let's get greedy. Let's get that first one and then start talking about the second one and maybe the third. You know like that's what I want us to start to embrace. So that's what I think Suns life is all about and that's why this is all changing. This is all changed. Matt Ispia is changing the whole game right now. Like he's well, he's changing the culture from outside, and we've got to adapt to it and change the culture from the outside. I, I agree. And look, no disrespect to CP3, but this is his final assist to this franchise. Him coming here was the marker of things are different, they can get better. Him leaving and helping them get Bradley Beal hopefully is the marker of things are different. They will win, and and that is something that, again, I give all the thanks to CP3 for what he's done here in Phoenix, what he helped achieve, what he's now helping them get, right? And it seems like if this is the framework of the deal, people are asking about the math. The math is, is like this. I'm pretty sure, uh, based off of what I've heard and what Gerald has told us, this means Washington has to guarantee more of Chris Paul's money for this year. Uh, maybe they'll accept it all and then wave and stretch him uh, and, and do that so they still save the money. Because even with this, uh, with uh, all of CP3's money this year and Landry Shamet's for this year, they saved $200 million in the long run. They just got a new GM and president of basketball operations out there. They're trying to start over. They're trying something different. So this helps them financially, and it helps the Suns win now. That's why you do it. Plus, you add in Bradley Beal saying, I'm not going anywhere unless you trade me here. That's how this all gets done and why it makes sense and why it makes sense finan financially. Right. That's how this all works <clears throat> out. Uh, and, and then there'll be first round pick swaps because you can't trade actual first round picks and second round picks, which at this point, I guess you're all in on doing this with veteran minimums and, uh, and your big three. Yeah, and the pick swaps to a certain degree are kind of irrelevant too because if the Suns find a way to stay relevant and good, those picks are going to be in the late first round anyway, if not one of the last four or five picks of every first round. So you're not losing much there. Um, you're probably going to keep those actually because you're not going to swap those out because Washington's probably going to have a worse record than the Suns in the long term. So uh, listen, overall, great deal. Uh, I, I do want to say two things. Uh, Chris Paul, I've already talked about like tremendous – Two, I know I've been very hard on Landry Shamit, but he has been a total professional um, in any in in every shape of the word. Um, he he's been absolutely awesome in terms of how he deals with the media, um, even going through the struggles and talking about it. Gerald has talked about it, uh, and 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 I know if Gerald was here, he would want to he would say the same thing. 
Um, and so I think that needs to be acknowledged. Uh, I come from a very fan-centric uh, point of view, and I know I've been hard. Some of it's a joke, uh, and some of it was just because he just wasn't playing very well. But I do truly wish him the best and hope he gets another opportunity to thrive over in Washington. Additionally, uh, Gerald did tweet that Chris Paul – will not be able to re-sign with the Suns, so don't think about that because uh, they would. He, uh, if he's waived, there's no way he could come back anyway. So um, go there, ahead. That's what. There is one way. If they turned around and traded him to another team and then that team cut him, but I highly doubt that's coming. Look, there. when you look at it, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, all guys that can handle the ball and distribute. So we may live in a world where – there's no true point guard on this roster, uh, you know, uh, at least in that starting lineup. I don't know. It's going to depend on what Kevin Young and Frank Vogel want to do, but now they have a lot of options in front of them. What I think they need to do if they're going to move DA is find a true defensive center, a guy that can go out there, rebound, and really play good defense because we know the path to the West goes through Nikola Jokic, right? And and that's going to be a key. You're never going to stop him, but you need a guy that can at least slow him down and grab some boards. Uh, if you don't think that's DA, you got to get that in the next deal. That's important. And if you can find uh, if you can find a point guard, that's it, that's something that is also a a nice add-on. But I'm not freaking out based on the three guys that you have now on this roster. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, you're looking at, okay, let's say worst case scenario, DA doesn't go anywhere. You keep uh, and, and campaign comes back and, you know, so campaign moves into that starting lineup or he doesn't and he, and you just go Beal and, and Booker because it's kind of hard to envision one of those two playing the three at some point. Um, so you'd probably keep them at the one and the two. And then uh, you, you would have either Kevin Durant or another small forward at the, at the three and then, vice versa at the four, then you need a you need a DA at the five. Or you trade DA and you fill those positions and you get some depth. I know one of the things that the Suns have have kind of demanded from teams in regards to a DA trade is, yes, they want depth, but they also would really love to have a, uh, a backup or a guard that can step in and, and play at the point guard position. So I know that's something that they're, they are seeking. Um, I just – Again, I just think by any facet outside of the money, and I know the money is going to come into play, and we'll probably get a better picture of that as we move forward, and I know you guys will discuss that on Monday and Tuesday. But um, I think this is, this is a good deal. This is something that puts you immediately at the top of the contenders uh, for a championship. You just got to make sure that chemistry and harmony are at a, at a peak. We've seen Kevin Durant join super teams before. He's won championships before with them, and he's also – I mean, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets were a di disaster. But I think you have three individuals that are all about ball more than those three individuals in Brooklyn, kind of similar to what they had in, in Golden State. And I would be shocked if this doesn't work out. Well, look, when you look at what happened in Brooklyn, one guy couldn't play any of the home games because of a, a, a stance that he took. Uh, you know, uh, so I don't, I don't count that. And no disrespect to, to Steve Nash. But he was a first-time head coach that hadn't dealt with large personalities like that before as a headman. Frank Vogel did it in L.A. and won a championship with it. So I'm not overly concerned about that. And somebody in the chat, and I apologize, I don't remember who it was, but said, why are you being reactionary to Jokic? Teams have to now be reactionary to what uh, Phoenix is doing. And I think that's a good point. How do you defend these three guys? 
You could barely defend the two guys in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Uh, and now you got a third guy that's just as good uh, and shoots 37% from three from three for his career. He actually shoots better from three for his career than Devin, Devin Booker has. So now you got another threat that can hit from deep. Uh, you know, and this is before we know what the rest of the roster looks like. So to me, uh, this becomes a team that other teams have to plan for. And now I, I assume Frank Vogel is going to take that mindset. We saw, uh, uh, we saw Monty Williams, and, and again, no disrespect here, but the, the truth of the matter was he played reactionary to the opponent a lot. He did not force the opponent – to play to your strengths. He would change lineups. We saw it in the second round. He had Torrey Craig. He was cooking in round one. He pulls him for, for Josh Okogie in round two as a starter because he was trying to react to Denver. I don't think Frank Vogel plays that game. I think Frank Vogel goes, here's my guys. Come try to figure out how to solve us. Oh, and you know what? They're going to bust their ass on the defensive end because that's where I'm a specialist. So now you got to deal with the offense and you're going to have to deal with the defense that I'm cooking up here. I think that is where things get interesting here because this is not going to be just an offensive team. Everybody wants to assume that because they have the offensive talent, but you hired a guy that's defensive minded. You're going to build the rest of the roster around that hard nosed defensive mindset and you're going to get the most out of Beal, Booker, and KD. Because they're playing for a guy that believes in it and will encourage him to get there. I love this. No, I agree. And everybody's talking about Bradley Beal's not good on defense. He's not good on defense. And that's a great point, I suppose. You got Frank Vogel, a defensive-minded head coach that's going to change the way they play on defense. Um, you know, they got after it those first couple of years under Monty Williams, and then it kind of just faded away, and people started to lose their responsibilities, not understand what the concepts were uh, over and over again. Now you have Frank Vogel come in. Um, and, I, and I think I definitely think he's the, def, uh, the guy that can that can turn that around on the defensive side I, for Bradley Beal. I'm really interested to see. Listen, his numbers went down a little bit. Yeah, I totally get it. But he's, it's it's hard. It's really hard unless you're at the beginning stages of your career, like Devin Booker was when you're trying to make a name for yourself um, to keep that motivation, that energy, that that focus day in, day out for a franchise that is losing their ass every single game. Like, it's just really hard. And I think Bradley Beal coming in here is going to get revitalized. I think you're going to see a completely different Bradley Beal, kind of like what you saw with Charles in Philadelphia when he he was successful, don't get me wrong, but he went to a whole nother level when he got here. He was top two player in the NBA for about two or three years straight. I think you're going to see a, a similar jump with Bradley Beal now that he's got a re-energization. Uh, is that the word? I don't know. Um, it is now <laughs> um, with with uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I think that's that's one of these aspects that I think when you're talking about the value for the money, you can see the value because I do believe Bradley Beal will be that dude when he comes in. Bradley Beal is now the third option on a team. Keep, let that sink in. Bradley Beal is now the third option in Phoenix. He doesn't have to carry the weight. He has to hit the shots when Devin Booker and KD get him open looks. Or he has to step up when KD or Book is hurt or take a night off. That's the beauty of all this. All they need to do is get the rhythm and be healthy for the playoffs, and you got it cooking. You remember that clip where Bradley Bill was talking to those high school kids, talking about, if you're thinking about the league, just remember, you got to guard me. I'm that uh -huh. motherfucker. Like, you uh -huh. got to guard me. Uh, um, that's what I feel like. 
practice is going to be like, oh, oh, yeah, you're Devin Booker? Hey, just remember, you got to guard me too. And I bet those practices are going to be intense as hell because those three dudes are definitely all about ball. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. That's that's also the thing that I think people are sleeping on the most with this is that you have three guys that don't give a shit about anything but trying to ball as best as they can. And that's a beautiful thing. If you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, uh, kind of an identity of this franchise, it feels like all about ball is, is the identity. That's all these oh, yeah. guys are going to care about. Look, to, to all the uh, Denver fans who have stopped by the chat, Enjoy Larry. Just don't get comfortable yeah. with him. All right. You can you can say <laughs> you can say we're you know we're whatever we're overreacting. You guys had fun last week. We're having fun now. We'll see you in we'll see you in uh, you know May or June, and we'll figure it out then. All right. Yeah. That's that's where I'm sitting. Let's get some more super chats. Five dollar super chat here from Tony. Does this pretty much confirm that we're in the second apron with the payroll? Let me say this. Put on that say, second apron. Get in the kitchen and let's start cooking. All right. The apron doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares about the salary cap right now? Uh, that's that's stuff that you figure out. You deal with the, the consequences, the repercussions, uh, and you just take care of uh, what you need to. Now, Brian, $5 Super Chat says, all the trade took was two Saul feet picks. Maybe that's a what D8 I'm saying, baby. Like five. <laughs> that's God. what I'm saying, baby. Uh, Should I get nobody... him back on the beach right now and do it again? <laughs> God, please, no. <laughs> Uh, Rob Mathis uh, or uh, Maletta with a five dollars super chat. Why aren't Suns? Why are our Suns fans so happy? Beal's not a winning player. He'll just add to the Suns' legacy of choking. I'm here for it. Hey Rob, you're not going to rain on this parade, but thanks for the five bucks. Appreciate you know. it, buddy. Uh, thanks. <laughs> uh, we look, we got Edward here. I'm a Wizards fan, and he might show up in two out of four quarters of the game. He's insanely good player, and when he's on, one off, you forget he's there. And well, guess what? When he's off, Katie and Devin Booker are there. I'm okay with it. Uh, let's look at uh, Libertarian Sasquatch, our friend. Uh, Rob, then what's to lose? <laughs> I love it. Hey, <laughs> well, we got Super Chats responding to Super Chats. And then we take a look here. Eric, 499, says, Suns have never had this much talent on the team. Matt Ishbia is spoiling us Suns fans. This is wild. I think that is probably the most accurate of, uh, of all feelings. Uh, we've heard here. Let's shift and take a look at, well, actually, let me respond to this. Uh, Hello says, Espo had to give up his soul. Also had to do his show. <laughs> one punished me, one punished everybody else, I guess. I, uh, I, I fleece the system, Espo. I fleece the system. <laughs> let's, let's take a look uh, at the next part of this, though. We've talked about it, touched on it a little bit. But the next domino to fall. I imagine we'll be DeAndre Ayton. Do you think this team can really keep DeAndre Ayton and try to compete with four guys at the top like that and trying to fill it in all, all with vet minimums? Or do you think it's a fait accompli that we're going to, that the Suns are going to have to move on from DeAndre Ayton? I think you're, you're playing a dangerous game to a certain degree. If you keep DA and all you're relying on is vet minimums, cause that's all the Suns will have at that point. Um, but guys will want to come and play for the Suns to try and win a ring on a vet minimum deal. That will happen. I would say that the level of, of bench player will be uh, increased from a year ago, but uh, your best option is to trade DA to get valuable assets that you know can contribute immediately um, that can that can not only be 
um, serviceable, but also, you know, uh, a reliable option from, from a certain uh, ex- you know, point of view. So whether it be offensively or defensively, I don't really care. You got enough on offense, I believe. You know, you just need some, some good guys that can, that can hit open shots when, when they're going to be given those opportunities because they will get, be given those opportunities. And then defensively, that's the big thing. Defensively, do you have the dude uh, to, to be able to rim protect that you need? Now, if Frank Vogel can change D.A., then yeah, cool. But we just haven't seen that. And I'm kind of tired of thinking that coaches are going to be the ones to change DA because DA is going to have to change himself. Um, and DA just has not proven that he's that dominant, uh, you know, a bl- uh, shot blocker enough to be that threat. He did a serviceable and great job in, in the finals year 2021. Don't get me wrong. But even if you look at those stats, shot block wise, he was good. But he wasn't phenomenal. It wasn't like he was blocking shit into the second row like every freaking attempt. So um, you need somebody that's going to be able to be a, a force at the rim. So I, I think I think for me, D.A. being moved is probably the more sensible option. Uh, but uh, if you keep D.A., then you're also saying you got Beal, Booker, and D.A. for four years. And is that something that the Suns want to walk away from or not? And also, let's not forget about, yes, the tax apron is here. Yes, it's 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 a it's a thing, but remember that revenues will increase as well down the road. I think next year, if I if I'm if I'm correct, new TV deal will come in a year from now. Correct. Yeah, so the numbers won't be as egregious as they once as they currently are. So it, it, there's a little shifting, and I think that, listen, the Suns have talked at length about this. Um, they've 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 broken down the numbers. They've tried to figure all this out. I have no doubt that they they have a vision for where they want to go. And they're trying to execute it right now. Yeah, uh, I, I think I feel like you have to trade DA. I, you know, I, and maybe it's not now. Maybe it's at the trade deadline. Maybe you play with him. Uh, you know, uh, in the first half of this year, up his value, and then deal him. But I think you do it now. I think you look at it, and you you look at the deals that are on the table, and we've heard three different places. We won't get into it necessarily, but we know that there's at least two that are, that are seriously interested in D8. Yes. I'll... So uh, I can't pull up this on my phone, but I saw something drop down. Uh, Woj just mm-hmm. tweeted about um, there will be a, a slight holdup in the deal. I believe to try and allow Washington to facilitate a third team into the trade. Um, so I, I, you I'll read you the full yeah. I'll read you the full tweet. Part of the reason for the holdup on full completion on Wizard Suns trade will be allow Washington to field offers from a third team that would give Chris Paul a chance to land with the contender. So, so I'm okay. Like this is done that Bradley Beal is a son. They're doing the courtesy of letting Washington see if they can get some additional assets and getting Chris Paul where he wants. But this is done regardless. So also let's not overlook the fact that Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is the one that wanted to come to Phoenix. He didn't want to go to Miami. He, he turned that down. He had full control of the situation. He wanted to come to Phoenix. That is huge, Espo. That is so huge. Like a star in the NBA outside of our organization and outside of the West is like, dude, I want to go. I want to go to the Valley. For two like, times. That's, that's awesome. Twice in the last, what, four months we've had top talent in the NBA say that this is a different Phoenix than it has been for the last 18 years. This is a Suns franchise that's finally back to its 90s roots where players want to come here. 
full potential. I got laughed at last year when I said Phoenix is a top eight market. And guess what? I was wrong. It's a top five destination market here in terms of best fans and in terms of where players want to play. Uh, it's yeah. just right now you can't argue that with Beal and D and KD wanting to be here in Phoenix. And you can call me a homer, and that's freaking fine. I'm I'm fine wearing that hat when it's truthful. I mean, it's just the truth. This is where players want to be right now. No other players in or no other fans in any other city would say otherwise about their own city. So, like, listen, if you got KD and you got Bradley Beal, you'd be as high as we are right now too. So <laughs> deal with it. Deal with it. And uh, the only people that have any room to talk about any of this stuff. I'll give you the Nuggets fans. I'm not going to shit on their parade. They beat us. Cool. But, you know, uh, our, our good friend Mitchell, Mitchell out there in DMVR was talking about, oh, all this just to get beaten six games by the Nuggets. No. Correction. All this because we did get beat in six games by the Nuggets. And guess what? We're fucking turning the tables this year. Watch out next season, baby. I'm ready. Look, I am. Look, they're one and one. We beat them. To go to the finals a few years ago, they beat us, got to the finals, they finished the job. I think the rubber match is coming in May or June, and I'm fine with that. Let's let us let it happen on the court. I can't say anything. You guys can chirp if you want to from Denver. You won the championship, and I'm not going to argue with that. You guys got the better of us on that. This is now uh, you know, our counter move, and that's what yeah. you do. You, you counter move when, uh, when things happen. This is the Suns' counter move, and there's a few more coming. Back to DA, and we know there's at least two teams interested uh, in DA, and I think with a couple of these deals uh, that could potentially be out there, that you can find the additional depth. You can get a guy, uh, you know, that either can play point, play center, maybe both, in a deal. Obviously, they won't be as good as uh, you know as DA's potential. Uh, or as good as Chris Paul was a handful of years ago, but the guys that can can fill in things, maybe even even a bench piece, if you want to go that route. And I think that's the smart route. Get get six, seven guys in here uh, that give you the give you the the depth there, and now you're really cooking. I really feel like Ishbia is just sliding fucking UWM stock to people under the table, like, hey, hook me up with this player, and I'll slide you this. You know what I mean, like. I don't know how this is happening. I just, I just don't like it's. It's pretty fucking awesome, man. That's all I gotta say, man. It's it's just <laughs> awesome. Uh, Mac with a comment in here. Mac for a better tomorrow says Espo and Saul. You don't have to be sunshine pumpers. You can also realize that this has a huge downside. I didn't a deny that. I, I said three, percent. you know, two, three years down the road, there's going to be a price you have to pay, and and you know you have to figure out is. There may be a way out of that too. Uh, there, but right now, you look at this year and next year, and that's all you can look at because that's what you put yourself in when you traded for KD. So you make this deal, and you go, okay. There is down the road, you're going to have to deal with the punishments that the NBA has put in place to uh, discourage teams from going over the second apron. Uh, your pick moves to late first round, which if you have a pick swap, that's actually not all that bad now because if you're bad and it moves to the back end of the first, what difference does it make if you pick swapped then? Or 
they freeze a, a draft assets if you go over the apron multiple and uh, multiple times, which again, if you've already if you've done some of this asset trading, I don't know how the NBA is going to navigate that. But I I can worry about that two three years down the road if they don't win a title in the next uh, you know three seasons. Yeah, you mortgage the future for a chance and you failed. But I'd much rather mortgage the future at a chance than stand pat and still not necessarily win the title. Yeah. I don't think that this team, I mean, I'm not, this team is better than it was at the start of last season. It is. Oh, yeah. I love oh, yeah. McHale. I love McHale's potential. Cam Johnson, love his potential. But if you're going to say Bradley Beal was injury prone, look at Cam Johnson. There's no guarantees in life or in basketball. So when you have an opportunity to grab onto it and go for it, you can either choose to stay where you are and hope it gets better or do something proactive to try to make it better, right? And I'll bring this a little personal. When we were looking at, uh, at PHNX, I was sitting in a spot in my life where I was making comfortable money but didn't particularly like what I was doing. And this is a startup. You take a chance in a startup, and you know you may pay the price two or three years down the road. But I want, I can sit here and I can be, nah, not okay, you know, not liking what I'm doing, but financially I'm very, I'm in a good spot where I can take the chance to do something I love and try to achieve something more. You take that chance. Maybe it's not in, in your nature. And that's fine if that's why this is making you nervous. But what they did was they looked at where they were and they decided, you know what? Three years down the road, we'll figure it out. But right now, we've got to put ourselves in a position to do what we came in here to accomplish. Matt Ishbia from Word One said he wants to make this a top-notch top franchise, one of the best in all of sports. How do you do that? You make bold moves. I applaud it. Hey, there's there's nothing to be sad about today. I think this is this is a great this is a great day. This is a great day. And that was a tremendous story, Espo. I, I say that like I didn't know that, um, <laughs> but but it's true. You know, nothing nothing in life that's worth going for doesn't have inherent risk to it. And this is another example of that. We've never won a championship, people. We need to win a championship, point blank. We deserve one. We are the winningest franchise without a title, I think, in all of sports. Like, it's it's our time, and it's okay. It's okay to be scared. It's absolutely okay to be scared. We're here for you. We will help comfort your fears, but I'm telling you what, that champagne's going to taste fucking amazing whenever it comes. And I hope it comes here in the next couple of years because we have the team and the players, more importantly, that want to build the culture uh, to such a degree that it warrants it. It warrants a championship. So a great day. Hey, hey happy Father's Day, man. I'm telling yeah. you, this is fantastic. I mean, do people not remember the timeline era and going through all that rebuilding and slogging through that uh, with a bad owner, this is the reward coming through it, right? This is this is what we've all been waiting for. So embrace it. Yeah. Look, it's not a not our money. B, we don't know where any of us are going to be in three years. So but, why not enjoy the now? Why but, not buy into the now? But Matt Ishbia, if you want to throw a couple of shekels, uh, Espo and my our way, hey, we're if you're giving it out, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I agree. Like I and I'll eat crow on this. I thought that Suns fans had ridiculous expectations, but I did not take into account. <laughs> let me say this: 
I did not take into account the power of a no trade clause, the power of somebody saying, no, 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 I'm in control. The future of your franchise ain't in control, Washington. I am, and I'm calling the shot because it's player empowerment time, and I'm going to Phoenix. And I completely uh, overestimated that because if I, you told anybody in a world that Bradley Beal doesn't have a no-trade clause, that the Suns are trading Chris Paul at 38 and Landry Shamit for Bradley Beal, they would have laughed at your ass and told you to keep walking, right? But the reason he's coming here is because he wants to be here uh, and wanted to be here over being part of heat culture. So take that into account too. There you go. Hey, it's fantastic. I, I you know, the other thing I was going to say was um, that you have, you have a window and the window of, of time is now. It's going to be fun to watch this team try to pull it. I tweeted about an hour ago, I think maybe an hour, maybe two hours ago now, that this week was going to be fun. It was going to be crazy, and a lot of shit was going to be moving. I had no idea within the next hour something crazy yeah. was about to happen, uh, and I think it's only going to get a little crazier. For whatever the offseason was last year with the Kevin Durant and the lack of movement in the offseason, uh, I feel like this is going to be counteract to that it's going to counteract that and so i'm excited to see what this week holds because i do feel like there's going to be some more moves made two two things that i think this probably uh at least more likely uh makes happen this offseason uh they have the bird rights to jock and tory craig you can go over the cap even further for your own guys to resign my guess is both of those guys will be signed at yeah. the end of free agency period, they both will be back because that gives you additional depth without having to worry about how do you make the numbers work. So those two guys, I would imagine, are back as part of this uh, for sure. And then you've now flipped on uh, the bat signal to all the other guys that are looking for a ring uh, that, hey, you got a home here if you're willing to play for that vet minimum. Let's uh, – Let's figure out how to make this happen. We'll give you whatever. Uh, we'll give you a playing time and a chance to, to get that ring if you come here. Uh, I, I'm about to text Jock right now after we get off this show, and I <laughs> promise you he's going to be excited about this. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I, I know I know Jock is, 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 has been a fan favorite. Uh, I know he wants to come back. Um, I, was, I was wondering if he, that, that opportunity was going to remain. I definitely feel like – that I would be shocked if that did not happen just because you don't have many options. And so you got to keep the guys that, that you have under your control. I would expect campaign to come back. Uh, I don't think that they would shop him and trade him unless it's part of a deal to get a better guard. Uh, I just don't see that happening. So uh, right now, I would say those three guys are definitely in the fold. Then you got to hope that maybe you can get Josh Kogi back. And there's a lot of other factors that are going in. Like I said, these guys are going to break it down all week. I won't be back until Wednesday, but Espo's got it covered along with Gerald and Lindsay. And dude, this is going to be a yeah. fun week, man. I can't one, wait. One, one point before before we go, Saul. I know you want to get back to uh, vacation, and I've <laughs> postponed a dinner uh, for about an hour here. But let's uh, let's talk. Uh, Matt Ishbia may be playing 3D chess because. Josh Bartlestein, the the president of basketball operations, the 32 year old, uh, actually the not basketball operator, the president CEO of the team, uh, was hired from Detroit. Came in here. Everybody's like, ah, oh, 32 year old president of the team. That's an interesting move. Guess who's the agent of Bradley Beal? Bartlestein's dad. Matt Ispia playing 3D chess here while everybody else is standing around going, why is he hired a 32 year old? 
I don't know if it that's happened, why. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> that may have uh, played a little bit of a part uh, with that. So uh, so hey, uh, you know whatever it takes, whatever uh, whatever gets it, gets you there, you got to do it. Saul, I will let you go. I know it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to to you. Uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow, 3 p.m. from the studio, unless something else crazy breaks. Then we'll be there live for you whenever it whenever it happens. Uh, but we'll be back 3 p.m. tomorrow. Myself, Gerald Lindsay, will break down more of the details on the trade. We'll start to look forward to what is next and how that comes about. Uh, so we'll get you all there. Uh, he is Saul Bookman. You can follow him at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow the show at PHNX underscore sports. Thank you to Emma behind the scenes, who is, uh, I think has been in a nap every time we've had a major thing break. <laughs> so take more naps, Emma. I'm Espo. You can follow me at Espo. And remember, you may not like it, but today's a good day for the Suns. Ahoy hoy. Oh, baby.